Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's go to Acts chapter 21, if you would, please. Um, we're continuing with the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. Someone say missionary journeys. Um, this is an interesting part of the story. Of course, Acts is the full name is the Acts of the Apostles, okay? It's the things that the apostles, the early messengers of the church, when they were starting churches in Asia Minor, Europe, Africa, all these places, down into India, many say that Thomas, you can't find this in Scripture, but many say that Thomas, remember the one that people say, he was a doubter. Well, he wanted to see for himself. He must have been pretty powerful because legend says, church legend now says that he went and founded the Christian movement, the gospel movement of Jesus, Thomas, the apostle, in India. I have a friend who actually says, he's, a, he's from India, his family, and he says we trace our spiritual heritage to Thomas, the apostle. There's some crazy stories about miracles that he did over there. I don't know if they're true or not, but it wouldn't surprise me. He'd been hanging out with Jesus, so he knew how it was done. So... All these early apostles, messengers, men and women. Remember all the Marys? I know that throws you all off. You're like, Mary who? You know, it's like Maria, right? In the Hispanic family. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus, and there's this Mary and that Mary. All the Marys, and including Mary Magdalene and other ladies, they were early messengers of the cross too. Powerful pillars, pillars of the church. We read about some faithful women also in the book of Acts. So it is a history of the early church, what we would call the first century church, basically. Okay? All right. Um, let me say this before we get into it. I feel led of the Spirit to tell you this. Jesus didn't found the Catholic church. Okay? Let me just dispel some myths. He founded his church. Okay? He did not found the Catholic church. Some, Not all Catholics will do that, but some Catholics will say, no, that we are the church that Jesus came and founded. And he, and you know, they'll, they'll misquote that scripture, not just Catholics, but others. And they'll say, well, and he built his church upon Peter. Well, why would Jesus build his church on a man? That doesn't make sense. You got to really look at that scripture. It can throw you off. So we know he built his church on himself and turned it over to his apostles and to us. We are now the church. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the true believers worldwide. China, India, Macedonia, Austria, Germany, Ukraine, Luxembourg, um, North and South America, Latin America, all over the world. That is the church of Jesus, wherever they are. China, Indonesia, Australia, people who believe in Jesus. And the world has never quite understood it, can't stop it, don't know what to do with it. You may be frustrated with it, but it's going to march on because we are the bride of Christ. And it all started here. Thank you, Jesus. So, Acts 21.1, after saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, do you guys remember Paul preached long and a kid fell out the window and died? You'll never forget that. So he runs down, three stories down, and goes, hey, don't worry, he's alive, and kept preaching until sunrise. So, <laughs> powerful. After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders at the church at Ephesus, we sailed straight to the island of Kos. Um, I think that's actually a Spanish last name used around here, Kos. Um, the next day we reached Rhodes and then went to where? Patara. You guys ever heard of, I don't know how many of you are ancient history fans, but one of the ancient wonders of the world was called the Colossus of Rhodes. 
It was a huge statue that stood straddling a waterway on the island. Interesting. There we boarded a ship sailing for Phoenicia. We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, that's my left, and landed at the harbor of Tyre in Syria, where the ship <coughs> excuse me, was to unload its cargo. We went ashore, found the local believers. That's good, right? There, have you noticed they always connect with the local believers? Find the local believers. And I'm telling you, I've traveled the world not, not as frequent or, or as interestingly as the Apostle Paul, but I've been to some cool locations and random locations. Some of you have as well, doing mission work. And it's amazing how well-received we always are. Just totally well-received by people who believe in Jesus like us. Brother, <laughs> right when you meet them. Sister, they give you a big hug. What we have is yours. Come in. It's amazing. I've seen it in Austria. I've seen it in Holland. Um, I've seen it in Belgium. I've seen it in uh, Africa, South Africa, Botswana. I've seen it in Russia, Indonesia. Uh, man, it's amazing. It's the same everywhere as a whole. People go, oh, you're a believer? You believe in Jesus? Oh, man, that's the code word. We're, we're believers too. Come on. And you unite. So they uh, found local believers. We went ashore. Uh, found the local believers, stayed with them a week. Now, I want you to pay close and special attention to this next sentence. I'm going to try to get through all, all 14 of the verses of this section of the story tonight. This is an interesting, I would call it a captivating note in the life of Paul the Apostle. I will not have all the answers tonight because I don't have all the answers to everything. If someone says they do, they're lying. There's some things in Scripture you just can't completely explain. So, Scripture says in Deuteronomy, things that the Lord gave to our ancestors, us, and our children, well, those are for you. But the hidden things, Scripture says, those belong to God. So, you're not going to know it all. We can have theories, and it's okay. We can discuss it and debate it, talk about it, pray about it, whatever. But we may not know it all. I, every time, you just, just may not. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should what? Not go on to Jerusalem. Did y'all catch that? It is an order from God. These believers prophesied by the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. Don't forget that. I will bring it up again later. Let's go on. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to the shore with us. There we knelt, prayed. What a powerful moment in church history. That's your history. Did you know that? This is your history. This is your spiritual legacy. Our faith came from these people we're reading about 2,000 years ago. And the enemy has never been able to stop it. Communist governments, they can't figure it out, can't stop it. China, the more they oppress Christians, the bigger the underground and secret church grows. Can't stop it. Say, so why? What? It's of God. I don't know if you remember, earlier in Acts, Gamaliel, which turns out that he was... Uh, uh, Paul's mentor, the Apostle Paul's mentor in the Torah and the ancient Hebrew law of the Old Testament, he said, look, if it's of God, you can't stop it. And be careful because you may find yourself fighting against God. Mm -hmm. Here we are 2,000 years later. It's not an accident. You say, oh, some of the other religions are older. Yeah, but let me tell you, Judaism as the one true God relig religion, the monotheistic religion of the world, which is Judaism as Old Testament, right? Old Testament. We believe in the Old Testament. 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that is the founding of the monotheistic religion of the world. One God. It was the God of heaven revealing himself to his people in ancient times. Okay? And then, now, people will say, whether it's the Catholic Church or Muslims will tell you, well, no, we're the originals. Y'all got it wrong. Well, guess what? Many, many historians agree that Jesus was crucified around 33 A.D. Well, that beats the Catholic Church by over 270 years. Now, the Catholic Church, much respect. Wow, they've propagated it well and continued it well. It's been going a long time. Respect for that. Um, they, they began in like 313 A.D. or something. Um, I believe Islam was, it was a couple hundred years after that. But the original Church of Jesus is original because it ties into the Old Testament God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Same God who sent himself in the form of his son. Okay? Y'all still with me? So, said our farewells, then we went aboard, and they returned home. All right. The next stop after leaving Tyre was Ptolemais, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed for one day. Wasn't long there. The next day, <laughs> I mean, these travels sound crazy. The next day, we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip the Evangelist. You remember him? One of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. Sounds like he's the same guy who was chosen after the apostles said, look, we don't need to dedicate ourselves to doing the food ministry part of it. It needs to be done for the poor, but we need to dedicate ourselves to prayer and the word because they were the apostles. They were carrying on the legacy of Jesus, and Philip was one of those that they chose, and he did some marvelous works, remember? earlier in the book of Acts. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Now, listen closely. You remember earlier, a few verses back, Scripture says that someone prophesied by the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. Remember that? Part two. Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt, I like how the old prophets did it. They would do illustrations. One prophet in the Old Testament, he tore, he tore a garment and said, the Lord has ripped the kingdom out of your hands. You know, they did illustrations, object lessons. So he came over, took Paul's belt. I don't know how that works. I know they had robes and stuff, so at least his pants didn't fall down, right? So that's cool. But can you imagine someone walking up to you and snatching your belt off? He came over, took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. Twice in a row. The first one said, don't go to Jerusalem. The second said, all right, if you go to Jerusalem, the owner of this belt is going to be bound by the Jewish, Jewish leaders and turned over to the Gentiles, which are the Romans, right, that they're referring to. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. Hesitate there, please. Pause. Put pause on it. So Paul was probably talking about it. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to Jerusalem. You know, one of his habits was to go to Jerusalem for certain festivals, you've noticed, earlier in the book of Acts. And it was on his mind. If he's talking about it, then he's already been having it on his mind. So it says, when we heard this, now there's two prophecies so his companions, we means Dr. Luke was in the mix. Remember the guy who wrote the book of Luke? Um, I believe, we, we need to check my history, but I believe he's the only Gentile to have written inspired scriptures in the Bible. And he wrote two books. Is, is that right, Barry? Do you remember? 
That's an interesting fact, huh? I need to look into that. I don't think he was Jewish, Dr. Luke, but he was a strong believer. Um, he wrote Luke and he wrote Acts. So when we heard this, we and the local believers, so the missionaries journeying with Paul and the local folks, begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. They love him. Come on. He's a spiritual father to all these people. Come on. Don't, why do you want to go there? God's telling you don't go. Who knows what stubborn Paul is saying, and I guarantee you he was probably stubborn. Okay. Man of God, but stubborn. But he said, <laughs> look, look how kind he is. Why all this weeping? You're breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed to Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. What did they say? When it was clear, let's hesitate right here. This is interesting. I want this on the screens for a few minutes. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said the Lord's will be done. Now, I have never understood this, that a man of God who was taken up to heaven, a man of God who met Jesus, a man of God who wrote two-thirds of the inspired word of God of the New Testament, got revelations that no one had ever even known about. Did you know the church was never mentioned in the Old Testament? It was a mystery. The Apostle Paul referred to it as a mystery. It was a big surprise that God's, God's sprang on the devil and on the world and on everybody else. Is There's this time and this season of grace once Jesus came. Jesus was prophesied, but nobody knew the church was coming. This body of Christ, this part of God that is his people who believes in him. Made up right now mostly of Gentiles, me and you, non-Jews. I mean, there may be some drops of Jewish blood in here. We may get some surprises. Say, no, there's some Jewish people in my family. Okay, maybe. But most likely, we're mostly Gentiles. So the church was a mystery, and here it is. All this stuff God revealed through the Apostle Paul and the other apostles in the New Testament. A man who heard from God is my point. I said all that to say Paul was warned, and you can see that he's clearly headed to Jerusalem foreshadowing he's gonna go i don't understand that here's my theory it's a workable theory you may call it a hypothesis i believe he discussed it with the lord at length and i believe at some point god said i've told you not to go but if you go they're gonna make a martyr of you it's gonna end up killing you that's that's my theory and god said all right go i'm gonna let you go that's what I think. Because why else would Paul, who talks with God, who met with God, man, who, man, he's taught us how to pray in tongues and so many, like he's given all this amazing information, revelation. Do you think he just showed up and never talked to God about it? it? So it's interesting. He's warned twice, and everybody knew he had already set his heart to go to Jerusalem. He said, I'll both be jailed and give my life for Christ. I don't know exactly why. You can theorize. You can have guesses. One of the great men of God of all, you know, of all church history went anyway. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. He must have discussed it with God, got permission, and went. You know, you know how God lets you just do stuff sometimes? That is not your husband. Lord, let me marry him, let me marry him, let me marry him. Okay, go. Have fun. Who did I tell that we have a, a phone accident every service? I told somebody that every service we have a, a phone accident. Did I tell you? And y'all enjoyed that, I know. I enjoyed telling y'all. So he just went. They said the Lord's will be done, so we know there's foreshadowing that he's 
headed in that direct direction, you can, um, you can look ahead. And, I mean, later on, <laughs> yeah, in, in the next few chapters, he's, he's in Jerusalem. I don't get it. Say, man, I wouldn't have gone. Well, I don't know exactly what was on Paul's mind. I don't know if he was exhausted of the persecution and said, Lord, please permit me. You may have had more, a few more years planned for me, Lord, but I'm tired. You know, because God will honor your will. God's will is best, but Scripture talks about good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Right? Some have said, well, there's three types of the will of God. I, I can't confirm that or deny that. Good, acceptable, and perfect. Those three separate things. Hmm. I don't know. Or I don't know if that's all describing God's best for you. The good, the acceptable, and the perfect. Three adjectives for his perfect will. I don't know. But Paul may have been tired and said, Lord, really? I'm ready? I know my destiny. I'm sure God told him. Because remember, the Lord had spoken to the prophet who laid hands on Paul when he was blinded on the road to Damascus. said, I'm going to show him how he's going to suffer for me. So he probably always knew he was going to die for the Lord. But maybe it wasn't going to be his time. There's a lot of theory going on here. And maybe he said, Lord, I'm tired. I'm ready to go and be an example and, le and to let people continue on in the faith. I'll do it. I don't know. But he went, he started to turn his face toward Jerusalem. All right? So the last people realized, they said, well, the Lord's will be done. <laughs> we can't talk you into it, right? I, I don't know how many times you've told someone in your life, maybe a husband, a wife, a friend, or whatever, a grown child, or a parent, and say, well, you're going to do whatever you want. I can see it coming a mile away, but you can do whatever you want. Go ahead. Go ahead. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Caesarea accompanied us, and they took us to the home of Manasin. Wow. Can you imagine if your name began with an M and an N? I don't know if it's Manasin or Mason or Nason. So we're going to say Manasin. Wow. Mm. A man originally from Cyprus, it's an island in the Mediterranean, Mediterranean coming from some the ancient languages, which means middle of the earth, or for you Lord of the Rings fans, middle earth. Weird. A man originally from Cyprus and one of the early what? Believers. <laughs> Manasin. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. Of course, wait, oh, man, he's already in Jerusalem. The drama is going to begin to unfold. This is why they protested so vehemently and ardently. They said, no, no, please. And he said, you're breaking my heart, but I'll be jailed and die for Christ. And, you know, and they said, well, the Lord's will be done. Well, here he is. So the next day, Paul went with us to meet with James. James was one of the younger brothers of Jesus. Unique story, that one. He was the pastor of the church at Jerusalem. And can you imagine if your brother, you were one of Jesus' siblings and he said, I'm the son of God. And you're like, yeah, right. Mom gave birth to you. And then later he dies a gruesome death and then appears to you and says, I told you I was the son of God. I'm back. They can't kill me. Scripture says he appeared to James, the Lord's brother. Oh, my Lord and my God. Wow, I got to be a brother of God on earth? We got the same mom? Man, you bow down and worship him and say, I'm sorry, you don't know to call him God or bro, but I think it would be Lord God. Your brother is the God of the universe? Wow. But your relationship with him is not that far off. Did you know that? Scripture says he's not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. He is the firstborn of many of the resurrected. 
So Paul went with us to meet with James, the pastor of the Church of Jerusalem, real wise man of God, as you will see, uh, very wise. And all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had, uh, had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. Remember, there was still this constant battle, do you remember, of, well, are we supposed to go to the Gentiles? And then Peter's called, and then Paul's called, and then there were other people that were ministering to Gentiles here and there. But the church was rejoicing in Jerusalem until, ironically, until persecution started, especially with Paul. He was spearheading some of that, and they were dispersed. But God always wanted the gospel out. He didn't want it just in Jerusalem or just in Israel. So people started to go all over the place. But there's still questions remaining of, should they do the traditions? They're still getting revelation of this. And Paul, during this time, is starting to write God's revelation of, hey, ceremonial law has been taken care of by Jesus. We're not sacrificing anymore. He was the perfect sacrifice. So why would we, we sacrifice and have to do all these feasts and festivals? Because if you remember, y if you do one, you look in Scripture, you do one, you're really supposed to do them all. You can't just pick a, pick a bunch of stuff. Say, well, we're going to do the Feast of Booths. <laughs> I mean, you can, but it's just it's odd, even according to Scripture. You're supposed to do them all. And it was a burden. Remember, um, some of these men of God start to tell <coughs> the Jewish leaders at some point, says, you're wanting to put a burden on the Gentiles that we nor our fathers and mothers could bear. It was too much. It was too much. You know what the Old Testament was for? Number one, to point to Jesus. Number two, to point to Jesus. To, number three, to point to Jesus. Number four, it, it all points to Jesus in every book. Why? Because it's, look how complicated it is without my help, God says. I'm going to show you a system where you do it in your own strength. And it's going to be hard and complicated because I want things done a certain perfect, excellent way. And you're never going to quite measure up. The law is just going to point out your sin and what you're missing. And Jesus said, I'm going to show up and I'm going to take care of it all in one fell swoop. And you'll be right with God. I will tear the veil of the temple. You have access to God through my name and my blood. And you'll be right with me eternally. Wow, what a deal. The best deal we've ever made if we accept Jesus. The best deal. He says, all I want is your heart. I want you to love me and serve me above all, and I'll take care of everything else. You'll be part of my covenant. So after hearing this, they heard that, the, you know, Paul has been speaking to the Gentiles and what God has been doing. Man, Paul had some stories. I bet he told them, you know, I preached too long. Somebody died. The Lord re resurrected him from the dead. They killed me. You know, I got, they stoned me. I got up. You know, he had some crazy stories. I was whipped. So they praised God. And then they said, you know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed? Wow. And they also follow the, follow the law of Moses very seriously. So here was the, the tough part. Now they believe they're New Testament believers, but they're also following the law of Moses. And that, that's a burden, isn't it? There's a lot we, we can still learn from the Old Testament. But you're not required to go sacrifice a bird and then go see the priest if you have a skin disease. You've been reading through your Bible? Or you have before? I've been reading about that. Yesterday it said, okay, if, he's, he's, okay, if there's no hair on his head, it fell off. Behold, he is bald, but he is clean. Well, praise God. I've always liked that verse. As soon as I shaved my head in 03, I said, well, I'm bald, but I'm clean. <laughs> praise God. But, man, they had rules for everything. 
We believe there were 613 precepts. That's what rabbis say. 613 principles you had to follow. 613. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and might. And love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm going to stop on the previous verse. Let's read the previous verse, Micah, if you don't mind. So they praised God. And then they said, you know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed. And they all follow what? The law of Moses very seriously. You know what? Let's do one more verse. This is the drama for next week that will unfold. But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the laws of Moses. Remember I just talked to you about there, it's, there's going to be a problem. They've heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. Well, here's the deal. Later on, Paul starts to say, ah, Remember, God's going to write his law on your hearts. You know, he starts referring to prophecies of the Old Testament. That Jesus is the way, meaning he's the way for everything. He takes away your sin, and there's a lot of things you don't have to do anymore to be religious and force and have to, oh, I got to do this. Can you imagine the burden? Man, people, man, now, let's be real. We as believers, thank God for his grace, man. There's folks, man, they there's so much dust on their Bible that if they opened it, it would start a dust storm. Well, if we were in the Old Testament, we'd say, no, you've got to sacrifice birds, and you've got to go to the temple and present yourself, and you've got to go, and you've got to pay, and you get, there's a temple tax. Wow. So any questions? We've got to pray and get moving because the Spanish service is on its way. We love the Spanish service. Centro Victoria. Any questions tonight? I'll give you one. Two if the first one's good. Okay don't usually get questions on a Wednesday night. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray together. Thank you for being such an attentive, hungry, amazing audience for the word and for God's glory tonight. Father, we praise you. Father, we thank you. If there's anyone in this house who says, I have never made Jesus the Lord of my life, or I need to make sure my heart is right with God, would you raise your hand, please? We don't have a lot of time. God bless you. God bless you. I want to pray with you, and this is for your benefit as well as for the live stream. But please repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I realize I need a Savior. And I realize you are the only Savior. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. Say, I believe. Say this. This is a powerful confession of faith. Say, I will never stop believing. Say, I am yours and you are mine. Say, Jesus, come into my heart permanently. I want to be your home. Save me. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to continue to pray. Just agree with me. Father, you can raise your hands wherever you are. Even those on the live stream, raise your hands if you want to be part of this in this way. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. I thank you for your people. I thank you for the honor it is to stand before your people. Among my people, we are among our people here worshiping you. And it's all because we are your people, the body of Christ. Thank you for giving us each other to live in community to have sympathy for each other, to help each other, 
something they call mutuality. Mutuality, Lord, is giving and receiving amongst each other because we love each other. Freely we have received, now we freely give. I thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen and amen. Praise God.